0: Blessed Francis Savior Silos. Family, we must be the most blessed servants of the Lord on this earth. He allows us to experience the most beautiful and uplifting miracles. We returned to Louisiana last week where we experienced Blessed Francis Savior Silos. I use the term experience because we have never had the gift of seeing the power of the following this blessing has been given by our Lord Jesus. His story is fascinating, but even more fascinating is being eyewitnesses to a following of thousands of faithful believers taking part in a a three-times-a-year mass and healing ceremony. You had to be there to believe how loved this priest is. For the healing service, which took place after the mass ended, there were anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 people waiting in line to be blessed. There were eight priests in four aisles, blessing the people who waited up to an hour to receive this special gift. And this for a priest whose life was snuffed out by yellow fever after being on assignment in New Orleans for only 11 months. He has a following, the likes of which you have never seen. And hundreds of people give testimony of healings and conversions coming about through the intercession of blessed Silos. But who is this Francis Xavier Silos, and why is there such a great devotion to him? There are those who have called him a living saint during his lifetime. Very few people could have anything but great admiration and love for him. He was born in Fusen, Germany in 1819. It was obvious to all around him, parents and clergy alike, that this was a special child, destined to do great things for God and for the Church. He always wanted the religious life. He was not always sure how he wanted to serve. As a teenager, he walked for 50 hours from his hometown to Einsiedeln, Switzerland, to ask to join the Benedictines there. He was refused admission only because he was too young, but the truth is that God had big plans for him in the New World. He had either a vision or an interlocution from Our Lady, after which he pledged to give his life to evangelizing as a missionary in the New World. He became a member of the Redemptorist Order and came to the United States. Being a country boy from Bavaria, He was not very happy when he arrived in the United States in 1843, due a great deal to the anti-Catholic feelings prevalent in the United States at that time. We're told that in his little village of Fusen, Bavaria, all but 20 people were Catholic. So this was a great culture shock for him, but he wrote to his family that he had made this decision and would live up to it. He spent the next 24 years ministering to the people of the United States. He was ordained a priest in Baltimore on December 22nd, 1844. He was transferred to the old St. Philomena's Church in Pittsburgh. At first, his ministry was to Catholics in western Pennsylvania. There were only 21 German-speaking priests for 45,000 German Catholics. Eventually, Through the direction of St. John Newman, who was his first pastor in Pittsburgh, he and other German-speaking priests ministered to German-speaking immigrants. He went from associate pastor to pastor to the rector of the seminary to the head of the Redemptorist, back to his first love, missionary work. During the Civil War, years 1862 to 1865, He and a few other priests went up and down the middle part of our country giving missions and retreats, dodging bullets and dealing with the barbaric behavior of the soldiers on both sides of the conflict. He appealed to President Lincoln to release the priests and seminarians from active duty in the service. He and another priest met with the president and asked that they be made chaplains rather than fighting men. President Lincoln was very cordial I could not guarantee that this could be done. However, none of the students were drafted. His work in the diocese of Pittsburgh was so commendable, the outgoing bishop Michael O'Connor, recommended Father Silos to be ordained bishop and pastor to the faithful in Pittsburgh. Father Silos wrote to Pope Paul IX, begging him to choose another for the task. He was relieved when another priest was chosen to replace the outgoing bishop. His commitment to Our Lady was as a missionary. He never forgot that. And no matter what task his superiors gave him, even becoming the provincial of the Redemptorist for a time, he always came back to his two great loves, missionary work and confession. For three years prior to his transfer to his last parish in New Orleans, Louisiana, he was in charge of the Redemptorist Mission Band. He and a group of other priests will travel all over the Middle States, including Missouri, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. He not only considered mission work to be important, He wrote to his sister in 1863. It is properly the work in the vineyard of the Lord. It is entirely apostolic work. One of his greatest strengths was in the confessional. He reminds us of Padre Pio and St. John Vianney. He would spend hours in the confessional. He was gentle but firm. He begged the sinners from the pulpit to come to the confessional. He said, Oh, you sinners who have not courage to confess your sins because they are so numerous or so grievous or so shameful. Oh, come without fear or trembling. I promise to receive you with all mildness. If I do not keep my word, I here publicly give you permission to cast it up to me in the confessional and to charge me with a falsehood. He chided his fellow priests who did not have compassion for penitence. The priest who is rough with the people does injury to himself. He sins, at least in ignorance. He scandalizes all who see and hear him. Thousands reject the Church and the sacraments because they have been badly treated by a priest. On September 27, 1866, he began his last journey for the Lord, to New Orleans, Louisiana. As he was traveling on the train to New Orleans, a nun, also traveling to New Orleans, asked him how long he will be stationed in New Orleans. His reply was, I will be there for one year, and then I will die of the yellow fever, which is exactly what happened. He spent just short of 11 months in Louisiana, and on September 17, 1867, he caught the lethal yellow fever. He tried to continue with his ministry, but in short order he was incapacitated. And on October 4, 1867, he died. But his time in New Orleans and the good he did there was enough for the priests and parishioners of St. Mary's Church to realize they had a saint among them. The works he did, the kindness towards the people, reaching out to the sick and dying, made them aware they had been given a special gift in Francis' Savior, Silos. His last act before taking to his bed for the last time was to go to a man dying of yellow fever and give him the last rites of the church. His superiors had recommended against his doing this act of mercy, but Father Silos had promised the man he would minister to him at the end. And so Father Silos more dead than alive, performed this last function as a priest, after which he suffered for three weeks in his bed from the dreaded disease, and the Lord finally, kindly took him to his reward. Work was immediately begun on his canonization, because everyone knew he was a saint. And while it was completed and sent to Rome in 1903, for whatever reason, It was not taken up seriously until the end of the 20th century. His burial place was even lost in the church. For a time, they could not even find his tomb in the Church of St. Mary's in New Orleans, although everyone knew he was buried there. When it was definite that he would be beatified, the officials of the church wanted to make a shrine for him, and in the construction process, his original tomb in the church was uncovered. A miracle attributed to his intercession took place in 1967 when a local New Orleans woman, Angela Boudreaux, who was diagnosed with a massive malignancy in her liver, was miraculously healed through the intercession of Father Silos. Her doctor testified that there was no hope for her. She immediately went to the Church of St. Mary's and prayed for the intercession of Father Silos. Within a few weeks of praying to Father Silos, she was completely healed. This miracle was accepted by the Vatican as that needed for his beatification. Pope John Paul II beatified Francis Xavier Silos on April 9, 2000. His is a powerful story, one that you should take seriously. As we said at the opening of this article, we are the most blessed in that we were able to spend a number of days At his shrine, interviewing Father Byron Miller, Joyce Bourgeois, and many others involved in the cause for his canonization. Family, one of the most exciting and awe inspiring religious services we have ever attended is the Blessed Silo's Healing Mass, which takes place three times a year at the Church of St. Mary's Church in New Orleans, Louisiana. We have been told about it before, but had never experienced it for ourselves. So along with anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 other believers, we went to the church on this special day, not only to attend the Mass and healing service, but to bring it to you in this book. At the entrance to the church, the faithful paused and prayed before his original casket, the burial place which was lost for over a hundred years until the shrine construction began the temporary burial place on the main altar, and finally, the reliquary, which contains the remains of Blessed Francis' Savior, Silos. People come and pray for his intercession at the reliquary. If you have never seen it, you cannot believe the faith, the reverence, the absolute trust in our Lord Jesus through his blessed Silos. People from all over Louisiana and some from many parts of the country come to pray in petition, to receive the sacrament of the healing, and or to thank our Lord Jesus and blessed Silos for the gifts they have received. The excitement builds as the faithful begin to fill the church. The lines for the confessionals on both sides of the church are full until the Mass begins. They sit in the pews, praying the rosary or some other prayers, while they wait for the appointed hour when the miraculous will begin on the altar. Finally, our priests come down the aisle to the main altar in grand procession. They ascend the altar and the Mass commences. After the final blessing, the healing service begins. The faithful line up to receive the healing through the intercession of Father Silos. In the midst of the chaos and unbelievable destruction wrought upon the people of Louisiana, a light cuts through the darkness. The church is alive. Though they appear broken and wounded, the faith that never died shines brightly. When we came back from New Orleans, we brought back a first-class relic of blessed silos to place in our chapel. However, a member of our church had just been operated on for cancer of the stomach and the esophagus, branching out into the lymph nodes. The consensus was not good. They were not able to get all the cancer out. They could not give him chemotherapy because of what he went through with the operation. The doctors were waiting to see what regimen they could put him on. We immediately brought him the relic of blessed silos, which he has kept on himself from that time to this. This week, he went back for a two-month checkup, the cancer was gone. There was just a little speck, too small for the doctors to do a biopsy. Praise Jesus. Family, on December 24th, 2001, Mother Angelica suffered a massive stroke. A relic of blessed Silos, who had only been beatified the year before was brought up to Our Lady of the Angels Monastery in Huntsville, Alabama. Mother surgeon stated that he had performed a hundred brain surgeries, like the one he performed at her, and only one patient survived. That was Mother Angelica. The relic has been with Mother Angelica from that day to this. Family, we have been blessed to have such a powerful intercessor right here in our country. Pray to Blessed Silos for his intercession. Visit the shrine in New Orleans. God is so good. He wants to heal us. He wants to give us hope. In this time of trial in our world, we know we have a friend in Jesus. We completed an hour program for EWTN. He will be shown as part of our Super Saints series in time for his feast day, October 5th, and then go into the rotation of our Super Saints series. Give yourselves a treat. Go to the Shrine of Blessed Francis Xavier Silos in New Orleans. There is a new section just added to the Shrine called Silos Walk of Life, which takes you through the life of Blessed Silos, showing actual artifacts from his life in New Orleans and the new reliquary of Blessed Silos. You will be blessed. We love you. we like to end this brief history of the life of Blessed Francis Xavier Silos with his dying words. My dear brethren, I never thought it was so sweet to die in the congregation. I now begin to know what happiness it is to live and die a Redemptorist. Oh, Let us all love our vocation and strive to persevere in it. Then all will be right with us. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here's how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply, with your iPhone or Android device, go to the App Store, search for Bob and Penny Lord app, and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.